We're going to do another podcast. I hope you enjoy. How can I convey to you how much God loves you and yet help you to understand that unless you fear him and keep his commandments, it's to no avail. Because while he loves you dearly, yet he will also throw you off in the pit of hell. My friends, in the old days, people preached hell, fire, and brimstone so hot it'd scorch your honey before you walked out of the church. You walk out of there feeling like you're on smoking. And then preachers got to realizing, hey, we, we went too far on one side. We got people so scared they don't understand that God loves them. And dearly love you, he does. But now, as people generally do, they can't seem to get a balance. They, they go all the way one way and then all the way the other way. Ah, oh, glory, the apostle Paul wrote. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. Goodness towards you if you abide in his goodness. Severity if you do not. Know of it surely that God loves each and every one of you. And God's desire and greatest desire is, no, is not the will of God that any perish, but all come to repentance and eternal life. Let's start off with 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Let me get my glasses focused here. He that loveth not knoweth not God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He is the God of love and peace. That's how he identifies himself. He doesn't identify himself as a God of vengeance. He doesn't identify himself as a God of retribution, although he will do these things. When he said... That he would repay, he meant it. There wasn't no doubt there. When he tells you not to revenge yourself, not to take revenge yourself, he says, I will repay. Because he doesn't forget anything that's ever done to you. God sees everything and every hurt and every pain. It says that he sees the sparrow that falls because God is kind and loving. And he loves us all. But while God's love may be unconditional, His promises are not. Neither is His salvation. You hear all the time of the unconditional love of God, but I'm sorry, my friend, I can't find that in the Bible. Every time I read of God's promises, at least they're always conditional. Whenever He, he is the God of hope and peace and love, and there is no doubt. But except you balance that with the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Romans 15 and 13, He is the God of hope. Because if you fall in line and submit yourselves to the Lord Jesus, you have God's love. If you come through the hill of Golgotha, there is a stream and it flows from the hill of Golgotha, from flowing from Calvary. That same blood that flowed 2,000 years ago flows today. That same blood that flowed for the salvation of the soul 2,000 years ago flows today. My friend, God loves you. He wants to see you turn your heart to Him. But if you don't, you stand on the other side. Joshua told him, how long are you going to stand on the fence? Choose this day whom you will serve. 
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But in that day, the house, listen to Joshua. This day, Jesus said, a man's foes shall be there of his own house, of his own kindred and his own children, his own family. Nowadays, you see two in a house divided. And that was the words of Jesus, not me. It's pretty evident. Because one wants to do right, the other doesn't. Maybe one all want to do right, but one's trying hard and the others just can't seem to quite muster up the courage. I don't know, but you see some houses, they're all serving the Lord and they're all going after God and they're all, and it's a good thing. But most of the time, you don't see it that way. But oh, glory, when the whole house will come to serve the Lord, then you have a blessed home. And I would that each and every one of you have a blessed home because if everybody comes to serve God in your house, you are a blessed individual. For God is love. But every condition, every promise of God always comes with a condition. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was the condition? Repentance. So where is this unconditional thing? Everything I see from God, the only unconditional love I see is just God's, is God is love. So yes, unconditionally he loves because he can't deny himself, he loves. But what good is that to you if you don't abide in his promises? If you're not abiding in the promises of God, the promise Peter said, for the gift is to you, your children, all that are far off as me as the Lord our God shall call. But if he calls you and you don't do what you're supposed to do, if you don't heed to his commandments, if you don't abide in righteousness and walk in his statutes, then how do you figure you're going to receive of that promise? You're not. I would love to just tell people how much God loves them. I know that he does. And tell them everything's going to be okay. But I see a world spinning out of control. I see people that have convinced themselves that every drunk in the street says, I know Jesus loves me. But Jesus don't love you and what you're doing, my friend. He might love you. But it's kind of a pity love because he knows what you're coming, where you're going and where you're headed and what's going to happen. Ah, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, you want to see the love of God keep his commandments. Jesus said, why do you say, Lord, Lord, to me and not do the things I command you? Ah, glory. If you want the love of God, it's just not the same when you don't do it like he told you to do it. He told Israel, he said, you've caused me to serve with your sins. So yes, he will follow after you sometimes, even when you're not doing right. Yes, sometimes in the midst of your sins, you'll still see the Lord. Because he cannot deny himself. He is faithful. When you're faithless, he's still faithful. But that doesn't change the end game, my friend. That's why you're living, why you're walking, why you're breathing. But if you continue in that route, know of a surety that when you stand before him, you will not receive his blessing, but you will find the other side. Ah, glory. When he told David, he said, I will give you a man always to sit on your throne. Yet he said, as Solomon took the throne, if they walk in my ways, if they keep my commandments, if they abide in my statutes. A condition. There's always a condition. There is never 
a promise of God that I can find that doesn't always come with a condition. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 and 14. If you hear and do my commandments, I will give you rain and bless the land. James 2 and 26 says, A body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Look them up for yourself. Deuteronomy 11, verse 13 and 14. James chapter 2, verse 26. God told David when Solomon took the throne, If you'll walk in my ways and keep my commands, I will always give you one to sit on the throne. Now we know that through the lineage of David, Christ came as to the flesh. When actually, Christ made David. So we know that, ah, glory, the gospel of John, very first chapter. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him is life, and that life is the light of men. And if all things were made by him and through him, I am one of those things. So was David. So was Mary. The man that made Mary spoke himself into Mary's womb and was born of Mary. The God that made Mary spoke himself into Mary's womb and became a man and walked the earth. This doubtful was the first time he'd ever walked the earth. But it was the first time that he became a, a little baby and was born and walked the earth like that. Some people try to say this and that and the other about Melchizedek, but it says Melchizedek had neither father nor mother, neither beginning of days nor end of life. That sounds like he just came in full grown and was God incarnate and wasn't born. There's different things said about him, but that's not the way it was written. Having neither father nor mother, been beginning of days nor end of life, high priest forever as Jesus also is high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, standing at the right hand of God in the power of the majesty of the heavens on high. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, remember Nineveh. Jonah went through there preaching yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. But yet, here we see Nineveh repenting. The king said, Let every man, woman, child, and beast not touch water or food for three days. Who can tell whether God might be merciful to us and spare us? Now had the king not called for this condition of repentance, this condition of fasting, Nineveh would have been destroyed, my friend. But God saw their ways. He saw that they repented. Now later on, under Nahum, Nineveh was eventually destroyed because they went back to their own whoring and their own ways and their own lifestyles and the things that they they saw God had spared them so they lived right for a little while but didn't they pick back up with their old ways and God did bring the destruction of Nineveh later but it was much later it wasn't 40 days later but what we see is that there's always a condition when God tells you something when you look at Jeremiah the book of Jeremiah is so Full of these things. It, Jeremiah said that when I speak good to a nation, and when I speak a promise to that nation of good, and that nation does good, and surely it's going to come, but when that nation turns and does evil before my sight, then I will repent of the good I thought to do to them and turn and do evil. Now this is in Jeremiah, and it is the word of God. But he says, if I speak evil to a nation, and that nation turn and repent and do good before me, and I will bless that nation. And I will repent of the evil I sought to do them and bless them. So we see that 
God is good, people. But he's also a God of judgment. And when he calls for your righteousness, and he calls for you to do what is good and right, and you do it, there's the blessing. But when he calls for righteousness, and you hear it, and you think, well, tomorrow, well, another day, that day may not come for you, my friend. You don't know if you're going to wait tomorrow. You don't know when you're going to see Jesus. People always worrying about Jesus coming back. Looking for it, worrying about it. As chances are, you're going to see Jesus long before he returns. Now, he may be on the horizon, and it, it may be this, that, and the other, and you've got all kind of people saying all kind of things about the rapture. I still hold the second Thessalonians, the second chapter. After the coming of the Lord, my friends, that day will not come except the rebellion first come and the man of sin to be revealed, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness and splendor of his coming. Well, if the Lord's going to destroy him with the brightness and splendor of his coming, then chances are he's got to be revealed. We've got to see him set up shop and sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And all these things have to take place first. So for the return of Christ, Paul said, as to the coming of the Lord, as that day will not come. What day? The coming of the Lord. The day of the Lord. It never talks about two days. I can't find anywhere in my Bible where it says he's going to stand in the horizon and call us away. Jesus said the return of the Son of Man will be like a lightning bolt from the east to the west. Every eye shall behold him. doesn't talk about a little secretive thing where he slips in here and grabs everybody. That's not what he said. Now, if he does that, I'm all for it. That means we get to go to glory early. That means we get out of here with all this trouble's coming. Hey, I'm all about it, so let me be wrong. But I'm going by what I read in the Bible. I'm going by what the Word of God says. I'm not looking at some other thing they've got outside the Bible. Something they're picking some word apart and say, well, this really means this or this really means that. The Bible says, let no man rob you of the simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. And that's in this Bible right here. I got this in the Word of God. And I like the King James, but you can get the New International. You can get the English Standard, whatever you want to do. But all of them pretty well read the same. And I haven't seen any hidden meanings because Jesus said that he was going to put it out there so the simplest man could understand it. And I'm pretty simple. I believe in repentance before God. And receiving the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Baptism in Jesus' name. Now like in the 19th chapter of Acts where Paul came upon certain disciples. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we had not even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And he said, how then were you baptized? And then he baptized them in the name of the Lord. Even in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name above every name. The name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, Yeshua HaMasiach, Jesus my Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords, bless me, O Lord. For when we do good things, when we do these things that God has put before us to do, for we are said God has reserved us to do good works. Now you don't get into heaven by good works. That's all true what you've been taught. You're not going to get to heaven by good works. But if you're called of God and he's told you to do something good and you refuse to do it, it's rebellion and disobedience, my friend. So then it becomes sin in your life. So we have been given good works to do. Things that God has set before us and told us to do. 
Now, if we fail and we can't uphold some of these things and we fall on our face and ask God to forgive, he forgives. I've always been impressed by that Syrophoenician woman. She was coming behind Jesus. Ah, oh, glory. She said, Lord, heal my daughter. She's vexed with a demon. A spirit takes hold of her. Please heal my daughter. And Jesus looked at her. And, now, this is Jesus. You can look it up. Go to your phone. Hit the Google Assistant. Say Bible Hub. And talk about the Syrophoenician woman. It should pop up. But he said to her, it's not good to cast the children's bread to their dogs. Because the woman was a Gentile. He says, I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because we're talking about before the cross. Thank God for the cross. And you better thank your lucky stars if uh, Jesus Christ every day. Forget the lucky stars. You better thank Jesus Christ every day. Because of the cross. Because before the cross you were not known of God. Now, Peter said that righteous men of every nation were known of him, but that was just when their own merits brought them before God, like Cornelius, that Italian man. It said his words before God just became up before a memorial, and God brought salvation to his house because of it, through the cross of Jesus Christ. But Jesus looked at her and he said, it's not good to cast the children's bread to their dogs. Now, he was calling that woman a dog. Now, had it been you or I, we'd have walked away, we'd have had our feelings hurt, we'd have turned away and said, how dare that man talk to us that way? But she didn't do that. She said, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs of the children's table. And Jesus turned around and looked at her and he said, great is your faith, woman. Go your way. Your daughter is healed. That's each and every one of us, my friend, before the cross. We were the dogs around the table. We were the others. We weren't his chosen people. We were the Gentile nations. We were the others. Now, I've got a little Jewish blood in me, but it's so small, I don't know if it would even count. But I'm going to tell you something today. You better be thankful for the cross and the hill of Golgotha. You better be thankful that Jesus was not... <laughs> he that spared not his own son, how much... More would he give us all things. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and said, Lord, all things are possible. Spare me this, Lord. And people say, who was he praying to if he was God? Well, the closeness and the unity of Jesus Christ and the Father is so close that I have no way of understanding how it separates and joins together and how there is but one God. And yet all things were made through Jesus Christ. My opinion is kind of a line of submission because Paul said to us, there is one God, even the Father, one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Father, in grace and truth. But yet we see that he came forth from the midst of the throne and was set down with his Father in his throne. It's so, it's just so many. You can look at it so many ways. You can sit on the oneness side, the, the other side where the, now, the one thing there's not, there's nowhere in the Bible where it ever says there's three co-equal thrones. It says, I saw one on the throne, and his name one. Now, to me, that's our Father, the Father God on the throne, but we're seeing him through the face of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't understand everything. I, I don't know everything. I, 
I've studied this Bible eight to ten hours a day for the last 30 years, and still, there's just so many things that you can, when you're trying to take a little finite mind and understand the infinite wisdom of God, you're going to understand how the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see the separation there. We see that there is a Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But in yet and still, it tells us that we're going to stand before Jesus Christ for judgment. That he is the king that sits on the throne. And he's the one that's going to dictate whether we live or die. And that we belong to him. That all things are given into his hand. But it never talks about three co-equal thrones. It never speaks of that. The Apostle Paul said in that day that the Son will be given up again to the Father, that God may be all in all. Now whether that means he joins back into him in one spirit, I don't know. I could take you to different scriptures and I could protect one side of that to one that's stand and I could protect the other stand with another scripture because you can bounce back and forth all day long with it if you want to. But know of a surety that Deuteronomy 6 and 4 said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And John said, I saw one on the throne. There's only one God. Now, however you perceive that, and you're only going to see him through the face of Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, because before you go anywhere else, you're going to stand before the Lord Yeshua, even Jesus. And then when you get there, what he does with you, that's up to him. But ah, oh, glory, if I can just get there, if I can just fall before his feet, if I can just somehow see him stretch forth the scepter to let me stand. If I can somehow find grace in his sight. If somehow all the wretchedness of my soul can be forgiven. Ah, oh, glory. In our eyes, Job was spoken to be a righteous man. That there was no one like Job. But when Job stood before the Lord and he said, Speak us out against me, Job. Gird yourself and fight like a man. And Job's reply was, I am but in dust and ashes. I abhor myself. Ah, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. Bless, O Lord. Let us find grace from the God of hope, from the God of love, and that his mercy be upon us this day. And help us to do those things that bring your love and your blessing, Lord, through Jesus Christ our Lord. But know of a surety that if we do not, and wrath is proclaimed against this nation, its leaders, its people, and all things that are therein. Do good and live, people, but refuse him and fall with the rebels. I'm going to close now. And may the love of God fill your hearts, that you would turn to him, cast away the old ways, and turn away from your old life, and turn to him that you might truly know the love of God. It's not unconditional, my friends. It hinges on repentance. It hinges on walking in his ways. God's pity may be unconditional, but his true love where you see him every day for the rest of eternity. That comes with living the way he's told you to live and keeping his word. Lord bless y'all.
May the love of God fill your hearts. And may you understand the righteousness and the truth that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. And may you be blessed forever. Amen and amen. It's over, people.